Well, everybody, Dr. Ron Dalrymple back again with Mind Shock, the endless question. Come at you today for the next episode. Today, we're talking about part two of the transformation of consciousness. Remember, we talked about that evolution throughout time is far more about the evolution of thought as opposed to the evolution of form. And our current status of human growth is that what we need now is a transformation of consciousness to a higher state or survive the vast negativity in the world, the tribal thinking and self-destructive processes happening on the planet right now. Going back to our theory of quantum field psychology, Axiom 8 states that in the process of transfiguration, we tune our thoughts and emotions to higher frequencies, allowing us to transform who we are from more of a human state to more of a divine state of mind and being. This is really amazing. Now think back to all the great avatars in history. Moses, Christ, Buddha, Krishna manifested a higher state of consciousness by connecting with the divine mind, according to them. They communicated with it and allowed the power to flow through them, allowing them to manifest the miracles they performed, which each talked about in different ways. So the conscious mind and the superconscious mind became one. And what came through them was enormous, unlimited power, light, and creativity. So it's like a download process, as we discussed before, with the superconscious mind being more like a supercomputer, which downloads into the conscious mind or the ego mind, bringing with it vast power, light, and creativity. Remember all those synchronous sine waves we talked about where the amplitude and power of the waves increased enormously. So when you focus all your thoughts and emotions as best you can on the idea of a higher power within you and focus upon very powerful, beautiful, loving emotions all the time, you're projecting forth enormous creative energy to make things manifest. You can't prove this in a laboratory three-dimensionally, but you can prove it to yourself. By contrast, the law of attraction involves the desire body, where we attempt to attract to us things of matter. This takes us into materialism, where we desire to possess more things. What actually occurs is that we become possessed by what we think we possess. So materialism distracts us and pulls us away. It's fine to have material things as long as we get them in a proper way, an ethical, honest way. But if we're enslaved by that, it traps us and then rules our minds and emotions. Our theory states that we are spiritual beings and our true goal is to attract things of the spirit. Once we start attracting things of matter, we're going back into materialism. We're going away from the spirit. We're going in the wrong direction. We are eternal beings and should not wish to continue to be a slave in a physical world and have more stuff that possesses us instead of us possessing it. Nor do we wish to indulge the seductions of the ego, which is the ultimate enemy to us because it deceives us while assuaging our fears and leads us down many garden paths into self-destruction. The ego is formed in part from the excrescences of lower emotions, such as fear, anxiety, and guilt, and is a series of shells around the true self within. Axiom 9 of quantum field psychology states that we each have a divine mission in life. Nikolai Tesla, the great inventor, agreed, saying that we must each have a high awareness of the mission and work to be done to accomplish great things in life. Our ultimate mission is to find a path that leads to eternal life which involves training yourself. 
It involves changing your life. It involves letting go of the superficial. Remember, this work is about the transformation of consciousness from the confused state that has plagued mankind for a millennium to a realization of an advanced state of being and power inside all of us, waiting to be unleashed, hungering for its final birth into this world. This is what Paul meant when he said every day he worked on the constant renewing of his mind, constantly transforming his thoughts and emotions to higher and higher states of perception and thus creativity. Axiom 10 in quantum field psychology concerns deogenesis or the awakening of divine consciousness. This is the proposition that each of us is a divine being in embryo, believe it or not. It might sound shocking. This is one of the greatest secrets in life. Their purpose in life is to evolve into that divinity. So we're not worms of the dust. We're not slaves of illusion. We're not born out of the mud and whatnot. All this nonsense we've been taught. We're not born into sin. We're higher conscious beings. We're born into this world to create great things. Each person is a soul, the I am, the divine presence within. Each of us has within, that is, an I am presence, a spark a divine identity. But when we identify with our thought forms, the things we create, we create a separative self, a separate sense of self, the ego, that has no real existence. The ego is a true enemy. And that is a separation when Adam leaves the Garden of Eden. It is a prodigal son until he returns home to his inner divine consciousness. We must learn to connect with the higher self within the spiritual self then we can obtain wisdom directly from within. We enter a level of intuition, where intuition means tuition from within, or training from within, teaching from within, from that higher source, into the ego mind. We must always do the right thing, not because we are afraid of being caught, if we do the wrong thing. We do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, and it creates positive benefits for all. To summarize these brief points and what we talked about before, Mosaic Law, an earlier form of law given to the world by Moses, has to do primarily with cause and effect relationships, where everything we do comes back upon us. Karma, an eye for an eye. You reap what you sow. Newton's third law. These all say the same thing to what we do, what we project, returns to us in kind, perhaps many times over. Sectus Empiricus, a third century Greek philosopher said, the mills of the God grind slowly, but they grind exceedingly fine. That means they don't miss an iota. So every thought, every emotion, every behavior you project into the world will return to you in form, believe it or not. This shocks a lot of people. That's why we call this mind shock. Mark 1230-31 said, Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love your neighbors as yourself. So just think, if we all do have a divine spark inside us, we want to love that spark, worship that spark, revere that spark to make it stronger, to bring it forth into our lives, makes it far more powerful as it manifests through us. And then we also revere and love that spark inside everyone around us. It creates an instant connection, a powerful connection with other people. It builds bonds of great power and great strength to accomplish great things in the world. Namaste from the Hindu 
means I salute the divinity within you. So we try to see divinity in everyone you meet. So all around the world, different religions, faiths, people have recognized for thousands of years, maybe much longer, that we have within us something far greater than just the physical self. But the modern day world denies that to us, lies to us really, to lead us down the garden paths of their selection. Psalms 82.6, David said, I said, you are gods, you're all sons of the most high. Think of that. He said, you are gods, you're all sons of the most high. And what could that mean? We are gods? We are not the God, but God manifests everywhere. And the thought here is that God manifests most powerfully upon this planet through us, his children. John 10, 34, Jesus repeated this. He said, it's not written in your law, I said, you're gods. Referring back to Psalms 82, 6, Jesus repeated this. It is not written in your law, I said, you're gods. Because once these statements are made, might influence people for a while, but then they forget, they suppress it, they push it away. They fall back into the carnal self, the lower self, the lower mind, chasing after fears and illusions, desires of a lower nature, which can get them trapped in that ego. So how do we expand our consciousness to a more divine state? There are many things we can do. These have been discussed before. One, of course, is to perform the selfless service to others, not selfish, but the selfless service to others. Remember, always divinity is inside yourself and others. Keep that in the forefront of your mind. Practice an attitude of gratitude for everything you have and every opportunity you have to help others because that attracts to you many more things to be grateful for. So you're grateful for the things you have Many more are brought to you. Be grateful for your gifts and your talents. Those also increase. Next, we try to create harmony in all situations. Bring harmony to the world in every way you can. Maintain joy in your heart at all times, knowing you are a child of the Most High. So keep love, harmony, peace in your heart at all times. Matthew 7, 13 to 4. Sorry, 13, 14. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter. The narrow gate means walking the higher path, means doing the right thing, means doing the hard thing, means don't fall into the pits of self-destruction like so many people do because it's easier to go along with the Joneses. Now, many degrees have been taught throughout history of various metaphysical groups, which are designed to help people walk a higher life, how to deal with their problems and conflicts of life, how to do the right thing and be a moral person. Walking the higher path is a very big part of this. All these concepts allude to deeper realizations and to a much greater hidden truth. That there's a seed for a much higher power inside all of us waiting for our awakening. Think about that. If you pass away, if you go through your entire life and never discover the fact that you have such incredible greatness inside you, and have wasted, in fact, and missed so many opportunities. Think about that. Wow. Think about what you could have accomplished if you'd only known the truth. Let's go back historically. The Archangel Michael supposedly taught Tetrasist, showing, showing as a Pythagorean pyramid. The Tetrasist shows an organization of space, which also applies to the mind. The first row represents zero dimensions or a point in space. 
The next row is one dimension or a line of which is connecting two points. The third row represents two dimensions, a plane defined by a triangle of three points. And the fourth represents three dimensions, a tetrahedron defined by four points. This means that the mind is often referred to as a fourth dimension and beyond. We'll talk about this later on in other sessions in Mind Shock, and how the mind is built dimensionally, which makes sense mathematically. We start with a point, and you create a line, then a plane, then spaces, and then perhaps the n-dimensional fields that the mind actually expands into incredible levels of thinking, exemplified by great chess masters or mathematicians or theoretical physicists or great creators in other fields, brilliant musicians, and so on. In higher mathematics, we often refer to n-dimensional spaces as n approaches infinity. So the point is, the transformation of consciousness means we can expand into vast numbers of dimensions of thought and creativity. Let's apply these concepts to our theory, quantum field psychology. Some of the key concepts of quantum field psych are that it is the only hard science approach to understanding the mind. It's an axiomatic theory, not empirical, but axiomatic. It is a system of thought similar to the way in which Einstein created his special theory in 1905. The special theory of relativity was also axiomatic. We proposed an entire new way of seeing the universe. Much research afterwards has confirmed various aspects of that theory. We're saying the same thing, that the mind also has vast creative powers and abilities. It is not simply a subset of the brain as often thought, but rather the mind transcends the brain. Our theory also is a bridge between science and spirituality. It shows how science connects the spirit and spirit to science, showing the two bridge together. They're simply different points of view of the same phenomena. The Endless Question in our film, which is free on the Amazon Prime, is about quantum field psych. It's a two-hour documentary explaining these concepts in much more simpler terms, we hope, for all to get. And Nikolai Tesla said, if you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. So he was saying, if you want to understand the secrets of the universe, which includes the mind, think in terms of energy, the frequency of energy, and vibrations, because this underlies everything. First of all, going back, the scientific world refused to believe that energy could be involved in the functioning of the human body, or certainly in the processes of thought. These false preconceptions began to change when sensitive instruments were developed, which can detect minuscule energy fields subfused throughout the human body. So for a long time, science thought, oh no, energy can't be involved in the human body. Well, how could they believe that? All matter is really composed of energy, is it not? Simply resonant in various forms. Matter and energy are interchangeable. They change back and forth. New one is destructed. They're both indestructible, they simply change. So how could they have assumed for so long that energy was not involved in the human body? That makes no sense at all. Most significant is the squid magnetometer capable of sensing minute biomagnetic fields that are associated with and vary with specific physiological processes throughout the body. So science has shown that there are biomagnetic fields as well as electrical fields about the human body. It's getting very interesting. The whole thing began to change back in 1963 when Gerhard Bauel and Richard McPhee 
at Syracuse University were able to detect the biomagnetic field projected from the human heart by utilizing two coils. Each coil was connected to a sensitive amplifier and had two million turns of wire. Think about that. Two million turns of wire making a very, very powerful magnetic field in itself. At MIT, 1972, David Cohen used an improved squid magnetometer, which enabled him to measure magnetic fields around the head, which varied with specific brain functions. So again, we're finding scientific data backing up the fact that we are energy beings. And our theory simply takes several steps beyond these concepts. It's been discovered that all tissues and organs produce specific magnetic pulsations, which have come to be known as biomagnetic fields. The Schumann Resonances in Human Psychology, a paper put out by Richard Allen Miller and Iona Miller, talk about our brainwaves share and are attuned to certain frequencies of the Schumann's, Schumann's resonances, which are the extremely low frequencies, the signals that pulsate between the Earth's crust and the ionosphere. This means our brain waves are connected to certain waves around the Earth. Think about that, folks. Our brain waves are close to those around the Earth. It's very, very intriguing, isn't it? Now, Lewis B. Hainsworth was among the first to suggest that human health is linked with geophysical parameters by way of the naturally occurring Schumann ELF, which is extremely low frequencies. So human health connects to the magnetic field of the earth that we're around. So where you live, in other words, can also influence your health, not just from pollution and so forth, but the energy field of the earth itself. He concluded that the frequencies of human brain waves evolved in response to these signals. Well, that may or not be true. We have other thoughts about that, but there is certainly a correlation between them. It doesn't mean one caused the other, but simply they are correlated. Ma magnetoreception, the perception of the geomagnetic field, is a sensory modality well established across all major groups of vertebrae and some invertebrates. So, in other words, certain species can pick up the geomagnetic field. We now find a strong, specific human brain response rotations of earth strength magnetic fields. Think about that. So our brains pick up more and more aspects of the field of the earth. It's amazing stuff. Well, can you, can you just next time, we'll go into more information about how science and physics connects to quantum field psychology. This is a lot of information we're developing folks. We're doing a lot of research in this. We have many new books coming out. We have many more podcasts about this. You find our film, The Endless Question, free on Amazon Prime. So check that out. It's a two-hour documentary talking to many of the luminaries around the world about these concepts that the mind is energy. It also ties in with Nikolai Tesla's thoughts. So check that out. It's also on many other sites, such as Flickster, Tubi, and Apple, Apple TV. You can find it there. We also have a number of books on Amazon Prime, such as Eight Days of Creative Power, Tap into release your creative abilities, which we all have within us. A book developed at the University of Maryland when I was there many years ago. The next book is The Inner Manager, which is a short course in creative thinking and mind, thought, and power, so forth. How to develop your creative powers, how to develop your mind powers, which are most important to do to evolve beyond the state we're in now. The Inner Manager. The next is Quantum Field Psychology which is a theory about quantum field psych, which I wrote in Aviano, Italy in 2004. 
I was teaching college to the military for the University of Maryland at Aviano Air Base in the Italian Alps, a beautiful place. Wrote that book in April 2004 and published that shortly thereafter, but it was much too abstract and complex, so we started making films about this. I have another book called I Love You, God, which helps you focus upon the concept of divinity within you, which makes your connection to that power stronger. If you don't believe this, folks, just try it. Don't believe us. Try it. Try these concepts. Work on these things. Sort of think this way. Get out of your negative thought space. Don't be influenced by negativity around you. Give it a chance and see what happens. Amazing things can happen. Stay tuned for more podcasts coming down the road. We have several more coming in this generation here. And we're going to jump to a lot of other ideas and concepts later on. So Dr. Ron Darrell signing off for Mind Shock, the Endless Question. Talk to you next time.